Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. So this 20 picks up after Finn and Rose have just been apprehended on Octo for their parking violation. And they're discussing how they're kind of running out of options for how they're going to assist the resistance who are meanwhile running out of fuel when they're overheard by another uh, inmate who is trying to sleep. That's Benicio Del Toro, uh, a.k.a. DJ, who is offering his um, banditry services. They're like, okay, buddy, yeah, but we're playing a bigger game than your little small-time crook deal. And he's like, no, 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 no. I know what I'm doing when it comes to the codes of the First Order. Yes, and he basically says, I could break you into Snoke's boudoir, and uh, (laughs) they're not really that interested. And uh, he decides, okay, I'm done uh, having my nap in this jail cell, which is the only reason I got arrested. Right. Uh, He pulls out a key and lets himself free with his kind of like... uh, master key key card uh he leaves and uh leaves the cell door open finn and rose kind of run another direction and he leaves and bumps into bb-8 and they sees that okay bb-8 also took out all the guards conveniently so they're all gonna have a pretty clean escape Mm -hmm. uh we cut back to octo uh luke has reconnected to the force he goes back to where ray uh lifted some little pebbles off the ground uh, and as he reconnects to the Force, uh, he connects immediately to Leia, waking Leia up at the same time, or at least waking her up enough to say Luke. Uh, and then back on Canto Bite, we have Finn and Rose who are trying to make an escape. They come across the Fathier stables. Uh, they get the little uh, slave boy to, to not turn them in, uh, and it opens up the gates, and then they run free. And so they run through the town, breaking everything, escaping on the Fathiers, uh, as they're running towards their uh, their ship and trying to get off the island, the cops blow up their ship, and uh, or not the island, but Canto Bight. And then, of course, uh, they let the Fathiers free because Rose loves animals, and conveniently they're cornered, but DJ and BB-8 show up to rescue them on a ship. Right, so they finally get off uh, Canto Bight. We'll deal with that later. Back on Octo, uh, Ray is having more frequent interfaces with Kylo Ren. Ben uh, Swolo. With Ben Swolo, that's right. Can you put a cowl on, please? It's cowl, right? She says cowl, not yes. towel. Um, and it's starting to be a little bit tender there back and forth. At first, she's her typical hostile Ray, who's like, why would you kill Han Solo? Why would you kill your father? He gave a damn about you. And he's like, uh, you don't understand. You don't understand. You're not alone. Uh, and then Luke catches them having a particularly intimate moment where they actually, for the first time, touch hand to hand. And that's when uh, there's a really explosive debate between uh, Ray and Luke about whether or not they can uh, redeem Kylo Ren. She thinks yes. He thinks absolutely not. There's no way this is never going to work. And she's like, well, then listen, I guess we're not going to come to terms. And she leaves. Yes. So within all that, Ray actually has an encounter where we get our first Star Wars flashback. And Ben Solo uh, tells Ray that Luke tried to kill him in his sleep. Ray doesn't believe it and then gets the actual story from Luke and that Luke wasn't as innocently checking on Ben's um, darkness within, but did have a moment where he considered killing him Mm -hmm. and uh, felt horrified and shameful about it. Uh, But then it realizes you start to understand specifically why Ben Solo hates Luke Skywalker more than anybody else. That's right. And while uh, watching... The Millennium Falcon leave uh, Octo. Luke decides, okay, one, one. This is enough. I'm gonna go burn down the Jedi Temple and the texts within. This is the end of the Jedi as we know it. And on his way in, he gets a sensation, turns around, and there's Master Yoda. 
Yes. And do you want to finish it off? Because I know this means everything to you. Uh, well, they have a, a beautiful heart-to-heart. Uh, yeah. Yoda essentially just reminding Luke of the very first time he met him with kind of the bits of, oh, this is someone always looking to the future and never really living in the now. Luke needing that kind of reminder of the position that he was in and he wanted to abandon Dagobah and his training to go help his friends. And the fact that Luke is so far removed from the, the individual that Yoda first met because Luke doesn't see the fact that he is the exact same as Rey and that he's just now in this position where he realizes, you know what, I've fallen, in, I've, I've grown a new path, but also kind of fallen into other ways and now have a new generation that will succeed in a different way and potentially a grander way than previous generations ever have. And so just because things have failed in the past, it doesn't mean they always will. Yoda summons a bolt of lightning to assist in the burning down of the Jedi temple or the the, the texts that is, the tree. But it's not because he agrees with Luke that this is the end of the Jedi. It's basically to say, look, this doesn't matter. No, these are books. They're just books. And they're not page turners. Oh, my God, that was funny. Great line. Page turners, they were not. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we may as well just get right into it, I'll just read off the Yoda lines because they're all phenomenal, and I'll just quickly go through them. So it is time. For the Jedi order to end. Time it is. <laughs> For you to look past a pile of old books. <laughs> The sacred Jedi texts. Oh, read them, have you? Well, I page turners, they were not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Hmm. Skywalker. Still looking to the horizon. Never here. Now. Hmm? The need in front of your nose. Hmm. I was weak. Unwise. Lost Ben Solo, you did. Lose Ray, we must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. Heeded my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery. Hmm. But weakness. Folly, failure also, yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. <laughs> Luke, we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. It seems like we always uh, finalize our recap at the beginning of each episode of this podcast by kind of saying whether or not we thought this was uh, overall a good 20 or a bad 20. And I just like to say that I think this 20 is the most Last Jedi because it has very high highs and very low lows. I was going to say this is probably the most divisive 20 in Star Wars for me because the Yoda moment with Luke is a top five Star Wars moment for me. Amazing. In, in all of Star Wars. It's my yeah. favorite moment in the movie. It's probably my favorite moment since Disney purchased Star Wars. I absolutely adore this moment. It's extraordinary. Uh, everything about it, every line shared, every interaction. It is, as much as Luke is being kind of cynical and cranky in it, anyone who does not see that that is the Luke Skywalker from 1977, 80, and 83 is crazy there. like It is so clearly the same character. Yeah. He's just kind of lost his way. Uh, and then you have the Canto Bite dog shit 
in this 20. Whereas literally, if you remove anything, like that entire plot line, it's almost a perfect 20. Right. If you remove all of the things that happened on Oct 2, it's almost a complete trash pile of heaping garbage with nothing good in it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... There is no middle ground at all in this 20. It is either perfection or trash. Okay, well, let's talk about the good first. Let's, let's... Of course, because it, it totally outweighs it. It's either, it's like a 75, 25, uh, as much as Canto Bite seems longer than it is. You're right. Uh, without a doubt, the good outweighs the bad. Okay, so while we're on Yoda, I want to give you, even though it's very early in this episode, I want to give you my Jedi Knight question first. Sure. And it's an essay question. It's not necessarily a right or wrong. It's an, I want you to just okay. give me a solid explanation. Uh, what is the true burden of all masters? Uh, the we are what they grow beyond. Right. Essay question. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, specifically the fact that especially with the Jedi and also with the Sith as well, uh, I mean, in just in all elements of teaching, but it really works well in Star Wars is the whole point is that you pass on what you have learned. That's right. Yoda's whole moniker. And so a true, like a true teacher, a true master will pass on everything that is important uh, they'll teach the failures so that the failures don't need to be incurred in the same way. They'll be able to teach the the highs and the wins so that you're able to understand how to succeed in that regard. But at the same time, you understand that they're going to fail in new ways and thus they'll learn in new ways that you never have before. Right. And they'll succeed in new ways and they'll learn from those in ways you've never had before. The best teachers are the ones that can surmise and impart their their best wisdom upon you so that you don't have to take as long to learn it. And ultimately the best teachers have students that are better than them because they can pass on everything they have. Plus that student also has learned how to learn. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. Absolutely. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yeah. But it also on the totally dark side of it, you can look at it as the rule of two. Okay. One to have the power, one to crave the power in that same sort of regard. So the Sith view it the exact same way. The only way that they're okay and they're not okay with dying, but the only way they could ever be okay with dying is if they've trained someone so powerful enough to kill them. Right. That's the only, that's how the rule of two works. Right. But therein lies the, the, the flaw uh, with the Sith. Of is, course. Is that, uh, uh, Darth Plagueis, of course, taught Darth Sidious. Mm -hmm. And how he, to be as powerful as he, and it was his undoing. It, he grew beyond uh, what Plagueis was. And then you have Anakin, and Anakin is kind of that interesting one in that where does he learn? And he never grows beyond Palpatine Wow, as, okay. as a Sith Lord. He, he's never able to do it. And at the end, he's able to grow beyond essentially every Jedi and every Force user by bringing a balance to the Force and defeating Palpatine in the end in that way. Okay, but now I'm considering this just phraseologically different than I ever have before, and it still has the same, uh, it still has the same true meaning, but We Are What They Grow Beyond, to me, was just always like a very esoteric um, plant metaphor. It was just like, we we only are as good as they are in the future, but like the, to grow beyond means to be better than yeah. I. I never thought about it that oh, way. It, it, it in particular is my favorite line in the movie. It's one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars it's, now. It's, it's so poetic for Star Wars that only Yoda could pull only. it off. And it's still maybe the most poetic thing he ever says. Yeah, I mean, well, that's... Yoda definitely has an awful lot of them. But this is an incredible monologue because I also love that it blends crazy Muppet Yoda 
and but it's also a it's a perfect blue glowy to it the is. CGI force to the force ghost. It's not CGI. It's a Muppet, and it's I, I just I love it. It's everything that's perfect about Yoda, the mystique, but there's still the little bit of crazy. Yeah, he's got that little giddy thing we see from Empire Strikes Back. He does this little silly dance. And correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time we've ever seen a Force ghost use the Force? Yeah, this is the first time we have ever seen... Summon power. Yes. People always looked back to Obi-Wan sitting on the log. Yeah. And always said, okay... He has he has matter. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how is he able to interact with the real world in that way? And they doubled down with the lightning here. And thus why I believe they will double, they'll triple down by having Palpatine engage heavily with it if he's some way, shape, or form beyond the physical realm in in the way Force ghosts are. Right. Uh, But in a new way, because Sith can't become one with the Force in the same way. Okay. I, I also noticed... And I know that this isn't exclusively the case, but it seems to me Yoda refers to people by their first names in this 20 more than he traditionally does. Like, I know Rey is the only mm. is the only thing we can call her besides, like, the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but he calls him Luke, too. He does, but he calls him Skywalker first. You're right. And uh, Ben Solo, he's got to use the full name there. Oh, my God, I saw one of the worst theories I've ever seen in my entire life. Excited. Uh, someone online, I don't know where it was, but says... Only Luke refers to Ben Solo as Ben Solo once. It's the only time he's called Ben Solo in the entire new movies. Maybe he actually went by Ben Skywalker. He's called Ben Solo three times in this 20. Yeah. No, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Uh He was called Ben Solo. End of story. Right. (laughs) Well, that's actually a good transition because I wanted to bring this up. Not only is he a solo, we've been talking a lot about the motivations of hatred behind Kylo Ren in this movie in particular. This is a good part, yeah. Uh, And we've discussed how he seems to have very differing feelings between his mother and his father. Mm. And in fact, maybe no hatred for his mother at all. Um, but not, he, he doesn't seem to be. He specifically says to Ray that he does not hate his father. Why did you hate your father? Give me an honest answer. You had a father who loved you. He gave a damn about you. I didn't hate him. Then why? Why what? No, I know. And that's where we're going to learn more. They have to finish that conversation. They really do. They absolutely have to. And I mean, when you see the, the trailer, when they're in the throne room, maybe they finish the conversation then. Maybe. Palpy's throne room. And it looks like they're in a pretty deep kind of... And based on how angry Ray gets right after, she's learning something she doesn't like. He's very measured in this 20. He's very... Oh, he's phenomenal. He's almost very kind in this 20. Like, she says, you don't have to be alone. And he says... No, actually, uh, he says, you don't have to be alone. She says, neither do you. Like, this is a very sensitive... It is. It's kind of a weird interaction, though. Like, at the very start, Ray's like, I'd rather not do this now. Mm. Yeah, me too. Right. And he, he's like, yeah, I, I guess. We're, we're kind of both in this together. Um, and then... But it is a little bad when she says... Um, or the, the why'd you hate your father? Give me an honest answer. You had a father who loved you. He gave a damn about you. And Kylo says, I didn't hate him. And then she says, then why? And he says, why what? Yeah, why that's what? Weird. That's, say it. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's very, like... He, well, what is he trying to get her to say? Just, he's trying to get her to admit again that he's a monster. He okay. needs he needs someone to reaffirm it to him. Oh, interesting. And he needs to be Ray as much as, he, if anybody can right. tell him who he is. Like, nothing made him happier when she called him a monster. That's true. I am. Because that's all he wants to hear. Yeah. All he wants to hear is that he's dark and evil and he fucking hates anytime anybody tells him that he's the good guy. Right. 
but he is. And then they touch hands, and it's one of the moments that wins the 20. The music is extraordinary, and this further adds to the mystery about how these two are bonded, and maybe, in fact, they are one. I mean, in some way, shape, or form, they have such a deep connection. It's just, it's really interesting to see what that will be beyond the surface level of um, a blood relationship, a chemical relationship, um, or a romantic, well, a romantic relationship, you could say it could work in that regard. However, I I think there's got to be an even deeper connection than that as well. So when Luke walks in and sees that they're having this connection, does he, in fact, see Kylo Ren? I think he does, yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, he's so highly connected to the Force that it makes sense, seeing as he's able to Force project, that he would be able to intercept their Force projection almost. Now, I have believed since having seen this movie, in particular, how evil Kylo Ren gets at the end of this movie. You and I agreed previously on this podcast in saying that he gets angry. Yeah, he gets he gets wicked. Yes. He, he like he really what I was going to say is he kind of throws away the last of his goodness and there's really no coming back. Well, that's what you're you're led to believe. You're led to believe. But yeah, but like well, and that's because you don't expect and this is not this 20, but you expect the turn after he kills Snoke. And then right. then you don't get it. Well, that's that's correct. And so this argument between Rey and Luke where she says he's our last hope. There is good in him. I've seen his future. I see it as clearly as I see you now. And he's like, no, this isn't going to go the way you want. Like, of course, narratively, we should expect that Ray turns out right. Like, it would be so cynical if Luke was right about Kylo Ren. No, because we even see, and I think, I think it is the next 20 when they're talking on the elevator. They both tell each other, no, I, I've seen your future. Yeah. You turn. Oh, that's true. He does say it to her, they too. They both say it. Yeah. And so they're both expecting the other to end up on a different side in Well, a maybe way. he's seeing this dark ray that we've seen an allusion to. Very likely so. Right. I think there's a very good chance of that. Or, or again, they are the same person. I don't know how that works. I don't know either, but, like, there's something. Oh, there's definitely something. And they definitely have... Well, they're the yin and yang to one another. Right. They're, so they definitely have a, a balancing element to one another. I got one more thing I want to talk about on Octo. Should the stick fight have been a lightsaber fight between Luke and Rey? No. Why? I don't like Luke using the lightsaber. Because he has uh, rejected Jedi characteristics? No, because he's always rejected the lightsaber when it came to the good. Like, Ray is a good guy. He's not going to use... A, like, he's freaked the fuck out. Like, people say, like, oh, Ray beat him in the stick fight. No, she didn't. She He beats the shit out of her by knocking the stick away, and then she grabs a lightsaber, yep. and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Maybe. We're having... Like, you're mad at me, and you're trying to say, like, oh, no, there's no way that there's this darkness inside me. I need you to train me. And you just pulled out... A lightsaber right. in a stick fight. Oh, so that's supposed to represent how dark she is. How angry she gets. Yeah. And at the same time, it's always Luke. Um, Luke's always on the defensive. Right. Luke's not offensive. And I that's I, that's the thing he learns in Return of the Jedi. That's yep. the whole point. Of, and that's why I specifically don't want him going out with his laser sword and fighting the First Order and slicing people in half. I'm just obsessing I'm obsessing over this idea that there are no crossed lightsabers in this yes. movie that you said last week. And I also really like the tension of two good guys dueling. That's what yep. makes uh, Revenge of the Sith's duel so good. Mm-hmm. They I could mean, have made this longer. Yeah. But I think because it's short, it's appropriate. And I think if you were to make it a training sequence, 
where information is revealed and Ray gets more aggressive throughout the training sequence. Yeah. And Luke has his lightsaber already, then sure, that's a different scenario. Maybe they could have made that work. Uh, but contextually, her... They, they should not, under any circumstance, be pulling their lightsabers on one another. Right. And he would never pull his lightsaber on the other. Well, I'm not saying that she can't pull it first, but... Well, she does, because she's angry and not learned. It just would have been gratifying if they had a small stick fight, and then she pulled out the lightsaber, and he blocked it with his green. That would have been great. That would have felt great, because we do see the green in this 20, but it's just we also, this weird flashback. So we're just supposed to see, like, the green twice, and both times it's a block? Yeah, but it is, it's always a block. It's a block when we see it in Return of the Jedi, too. Yeah. He's being attacked there. No, he's on the attack. Is he? That's the whole point. Luke goes in the attack and realizes that he's been on the attack. Is that all we have to say about the island? Um, well, I do want to mention the one more thing about Yoda is the fact that um, it does fulfill the one thing we've, uh, we were promised in the first A New Hope and never never actually saw, and that is... If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly, ima you that's can possibly true. imagine. That's true. That's interesting. This is the first time we've ever actually seen that exercise. We've That has always been a very curious line. What the hell does that mean? Uh, and this gives a little bit of an answer to that. Mm. I mean, other than the obvious, which is, if you strike me down, I won't be gone. And in fact, you won't be able to get rid of me. Yes. Which is... That's power. Oh, absolutely. And Luke, <laughs> that's what Luke tells Kylo in the end. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the other thing we didn't talk Just about... Just like your father. ...is um, we didn't talk about uh, the the essentially the Dagobah sequence where Ray goes underwater yep. and then there's all the rays. Do you have any initial thoughts on that? It's... Is it a cloning foreshadow? Well, a lot of people have thought that and it yep. definitely, definitely fits with it. Uh, a lot of people... I mean, it's also... Ray wants to know who her parents are. Right. Well, she doesn't see her parents. She just sees herself. And so... It's a reliance thing in the sense of she wants to know where she comes from mm -hmm. and she's constantly being told and the cave confirms it. Well, where you come from doesn't matter at all. Everything is about what's ahead of you. That's true. Uh, your past is just you because it's only ever been you and your future is kind of yours to carve out. But uh, it's very meta. I don't think it's going to... Um, I, I don't know... It's not going it, to have long-term implications. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to age that well in the sense of Luke's weird, weird, weird dark side cave moment on uh, in Empire is weird as hell, but you only understand it when you see the bigger picture of Luke's pathway of potentially becoming Vader. Right. I don't understand how it can have any implications for Rey other than, like, outside of this movie. Okay. And so I, I do hope that it doesn't have kind of that standstill effect. Hopefully this can make can be as powerful, if not more powerful, knowing her backstory. But it's weird to have her asking those questions and to receive different answers. Now, at the end of it, she's kind of walking to... She's listening to all these voices in her head and and uh, wondering about where she comes from. And she's walking towards this rock ice surface. And there's a silhouette on the other side of the surface. Two. And uh, there's two of them. So they're supposed to be her parents? I guess, because that's who she asks. To me, the, the one that stands out looks more like Kylo Ren in in shape and then it fades and it's just her own reflection and this again brings me back to oh these two are are the same person yeah well I mean he he <laughs> understands her better than anybody he's constantly saying that he's the one who was like what girl I mean it it there's he understands it he's either seen her in some way shape or form 
however, I also, I mean, it could also work well that if he understands, if he knows that Vader created a girl with Palpatine and froze them and froze her in carbonite, maybe that's what he's been looking for all along is, I guess he's like his, his long lost frozen aunt. Right. Um, <laughs> Do we know anything about uh, Ben Solo's blue lightsaber? Just get like a quick little shot of the hilt at one point here. Yep, it's the same lightsaber. Is it really? Yeah. He's modified it. Yeah. Yeah, he cracked the crystal uh, and then he needed to be able to, and so used an older design to be able to allow the vents to get the extra like forced plasma out. Now, Canto Bite, is there anything else we absolutely desperately have to say? I don't really want to. I don't really either. I'll I just... just hate it so much. I mean, I said last week what I thought was the worst line in all of Star Wars, worse than I hate sand, it gets everywhere, is I just want to put my fist through this whole beautiful, terrible town. I, uh, did, I, I actively did not pick any of the lines. I just put all of Rose's. Finn, Finn has one. Ba- he's Finn a, has a really... He has a bad one. Now, Finn, uh, Finn also being an idiot. We're trapped. It was worth it, though, to tear up that town, make uh, them hurt. Yep. Uh, and then they release the whatchamacallits. The Fathiers. The Fathiers. And she says, now it's worth it. Yeah, which is so fucking stupid. Yeah, she's awful. Good. And that stupid resistance ring. Okay. Know. Yeah. Like, the, that's that's Broom Boy, right? Yeah. Um, Tamiri Black. Oh, that was my master question for oh, you. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Tamiri Black, Broom Boy. Do these kids watch cable news? Like, do they understand that the resistance are the good guys? They wouldn't. They, they're, they're not politically minded. They're like no. six. No. They're for, slaves. But they also may understand it because it's like, I guess it's more of the rebel symbol. And so if they are slaves, that is a, a historical, like, we're your friends sign. I guess, but I think but they, I, they've oh, been shielded from that propaganda. Oh, I, I do believe that it's 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 stupid. And it's so. also the dumbest looking ring ever and is obviously hiding something. Yeah, it looks like it came from the chest that you got to open at the end of your Swiss Chalet meal as a kid. I was expecting you to say at the end of your dentist appointment. However, I believe they purchased all of the things <laughs> from the same uh, chest store. It came, from the sa- it came from the same party city. The sa- from yeah. the same uh, alien finger puppet store. <laughs> and finger traps too, the little wicker finger traps. Oh yeah, fuck those things. You're right, you're right. Okay, um, then let's not talk about it anymore. Uh, other I, than... Just got my quick take backs are BB-8 taking out the guards, uh, Rose, lines and delivery, the ring, uh, the stupid aliens in the chase through Canto Bite, and yep. the fact that there's not like just random fucking aliens all over the place that don't even look that Star Warsy. They employ way too many resources to stop Rose and Finn from getting away. No kidding. They shouldn't care that much. No. It was a fucking <laughs> parking violation. Yeah. And uh, every DJ, just period. What is uh, his? What is his motivation to come back for them? Like honestly, what's in it for him to rescue those two? Uh BB-8. I guess because he knows that BB-8 is wanted. I don't know. Yeah, he he he's put it together. He's he clearly is is delivering them at this point. Right. Um. Oh, that's true. Because we find out later he's he's a double double agent. Yeah. Um. And then I guess the BB-8 they form that little partnership when bb-8 takes out all the guards which is also fucking ridiculous terrible because it would be impossible yep and it makes no sense at all um the amount of glass that they break i mean how many fucking times do you need to break through a window they burst through a wall at one point they burst through like six walls and six windows it's yeah. ridiculous it's the same scene over and over again i'm expecting the kool-aid guy to jump in after and i i maintain that it feels more like harry potter and i don't mean to to, yeah. to criticize harry potter because it works there but it doesn't feel at all like star wars there's some music and again not to criticize john williams there's some music that sounds like back to the future scoring more than yes. star wars yes there is absolutely uh it just it feels so wrong also, they do a lot of 
pod race homage. Yeah. That just doesn't work because it's nowhere near as good as the pod race. No, exactly. Although I do like Tamiri Blagg saying the woohoo. Oh, does he? He does do an Anakin woohoo. <laughs> now this is Fathier racing. Oh, God. Uh, okay, any quotes that you want to highlight? Uh, the greatest teacher failure is... Do you have any ideas for the title? Because I'm going to burn it down as a cool title. I'm ending all of this. The tree, the text, the Jedi. I'm going to burn it down. But so is Mist You Have I. Skywalker, missed you have I. Yes, so I have, I've read off all of Yoda's lines. Uh, Skywalker, missed you have I. Skywalker, still looking to the horizon. Uh, the greatest teacher failure is, we are what they grow beyond. And then the only potential line, the, the only potential titles that aren't from Yoda would be uh, Kylo's Let the Past Die Killed If You Have To, because it's an important line, but fair enough. Um, oh, actually, there's a good one from Ray. Then he is our last hope. That isn't... Very Star Wars. It's very Star Wars, but we should go with the Yoda one over that. But also Luke's line was, a frightened boy whose master had failed him. That's right. And the last thing I saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him. Which I think is beautiful and goes to show the sorrow uh, that Luke has experienced for the last six years. Yeah, and also the turmoil within Kylo. Yeah, because it was... Kylo does believe that his uncle had betrayed him, but at the same time that's because Snoke had been stoking that. Right. And had been telling him to expect it. Yep. The same way that Palpatine had been telling Anakin to expect the Jedi to hold him back. Right. And that then in the end, the Jedi will turn on me. What happens? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it it is nice. And uh, I'm hoping more and more parallels arise between not just like, obviously they've been there between both Rey and kylo for anakin and i hope that continues but i have a, a bit of a weird feeling that maybe it'll just continue a little bit for ray some of the parallels and not we'll we'll wait and see maybe they'll take more of the darth vader approach on kylo's redemption right um because i have also always said that this trilogy can kind of be looked as if i mean it's almost if you change the characters it takes place like right after revenge of the sith Right. right after the, the that turn and, and the rise under kind of the leadership of somebody else's influence. Right. That's also how you respond to some of the valid criticism that these movies almost occasionally too directly mirror the original trilogy. That is poetry. That is how yeah, it's so, intended. Exactly. Okay. Do you want to do you want to quiz me? Uh, yes. So Padawan question. What original trilogy item uh, is Yoda's force ghost wearing? He's wearing like a weird little satchel on his belt, right? It's like a little wicker pocket. No, I think I know. I think you're describing what I'm referring to, though. Okay. Uh, he does wear, he wears a flute around his neck. Interesting. Yeah. It's called a blissel. Okay. And so it, it it's Yoda small, so it's hanging from his neck, which I guess kind of looks like his waist as well. So. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> and this is from the original trilogy. Yep. He is worse than the original trilogy. And What's the backstory with Yoda being a musician? Uh, I don't really know it at all. Uh, <laughs> my guess is it's uh, maybe it's to tame some of the beasts on Dagobah, right? Uh, to keep him safe. Who knows? I have no. I have no idea. I should more likely some meditative tool. Uh, that's also very possible. Yeah, um, but I didn't look too deep into it. Okay. Uh, what is the name of the ship that BB-8 and DJ steal? No idea. It's cool though. It's very. It's very it sports carry, but I like it. It's very prequels, which I like. Sure. Uh, it's called the Libertine. Okay. Um, and, uh, oh crap, I didn't go back to fixing this one. I was going to add more to it. So this is, I'll be impressed if you get this because I only 
remembered three off the top of my head, and I was going to go back for checking more. Name two items on Ben Solo's nightstand. No idea. I didn't notice his nightstand. You mean like when he was like a kid, like young Ben Solo? Yep. I mean, the, his lightsaber, I guess. No, there's one. Um, I was going to get you to name three because I think there was like four or five things and I only remembered three and I just didn't go back and I, I tended to. I have no idea. Uh, he's got his lightsaber. He's got a compass, uh, which is Luke's compass that Luke uh, found from the Emperor's Observatory okay. on Pilio. And uh, he's got a pen, which looks like it's in like an ink thingy. Um, All right. And looked, I think there was a lamp, maybe something else, but I didn't go back and check, but I only wrote down three of them. All right. Well, that's, uh, so that's good, right? That's all we got? Yeah, I think that's everything for the 20. So we do have uh, a few substantial things that we can... Uh... Yeah, let's start off with television. Okay. Uh, just a quick bit here. Uh, the Obi-Wan show, uh, Ewan McGregor did confirm, as I suspected, he has been lying for four years. Four years. That takes us back to pre-Force Awakens. Yes, which makes complete sense, seeing as he came to do voice, and he likely came to sign a contract for Obi-Wan. Yeah, you're probably right. And they had been talking about the third movie that they were always going to do. They were going to announce it. They chickened out a while back. Like, always was going to be Obi-Wan, and it makes complete sense, and I'm not remotely surprised, but cool to hear, and he's super excited for it. Uh, it is confirmed to be six episodes, so that's also cool. They also confirmed the length, and they're up to an hour long. They're up to an hour long, which is good. Um, and, I mean, they also confirmed that they take place between episodes three and four, but that's really no surprise. Yeah, he says, the last time we saw him in the role, the Jedi Order was falling apart. It'll be interesting to take the character we know in a way and show him, well, his arc's quite interesting. I think dealing with the fact that the Jedi were all slaughtered at the end of episode three, it's it's something. It's quite something to get over. They're not going to start shooting until the summer of 2020, which means it's a good two years before we see this. Uh, yeah yeah year and a half yeah at least um but that's okay i mean that's something to look forward to yeah i mean it, it, yeah i'm not yeah. I, i'm i think a year and a half is pretty reasonable i don't think it's going to be near the end of 2021 when we get the show but maybe well okay all right yeah tbd i just i you would think that they may be prioritizing it over cassian yeah well and that uh i mean i guess that's still we talked last week yeah about it kind of it's potentially saving itself or that's good trying to that's good and now they have one fewer project on the slate and so maybe they'll prioritize cassian mm. especially it really depends on how how well the mandalorian goes and that's just two weeks away yeah and uh we got the trailer for that oh, we got a trailer it was only a minute 40 it's like kind of a short trailer and but it was a lot of reused images and snot shots we had seen before it's true but they pack it with some pretty great stuff it really yep. it really looks like classic star wars it really does and that's what's getting people crazy excited there are a ton of people who are the mo or more excited for the mandalorian than anything else yeah i'm not one of them but there are a lot of people who cannot wait and think that this is going to be the best thing disney's done well similarly to i think people thought it was a real interesting hot take when they're like rogue one is better than the force awakens well you're kind of comparing apples to oranges yeah no kidding uh they're both great movies but for different reasons and if you have different interests maybe you'll choose accordingly that's fine but we're gonna hear that again this year no matter how good uh -huh. or bad rise of skywalker is people are gonna say mandalorian was better yeah of course and, and again you're comparing apples and oranges that's a ridiculous comparison mm -hmm. i mean this it's the stakes are gonna be nowhere even close no uh, to similar but i mean i'm really excited about the time period uh moff gideon uh that's giancarlo esposito's character he seems to be maybe the main antagonist uh, -huh. uh in terms of trying to keep the empire alive werner herzog's character 
he does a narration through the trailer. Yeah, it's very, very, very menacing. Yep. Um, but the Mandalorian is cool. It's just a bunch of badassery in the trailer. Uh, there's one point where he's about to have his helmet taken off. Uh, by what looks like maybe a love interest. Uh, but other than that, uh, he stays quiet until the very last, uh, like, two words of the trailer. Yeah, and, we hear him talk. And he's got that distinct Mando helmet modulation. Right. That, he, like, he sounds like Boba Fett, and he doesn't have an Australian accent. True. He sounds like Boba Fett because of the modulation. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. It looks very good, and that is so soon. It is so soon. Now. Oh, it's two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, there was also within it, very well could be a Clone Wars flashback. Okay. They show a little kid and uh, with parents, it looks like, and there are Separatist ships over flying overhead. Okay. And so it's either old ships being reused, and these are different characters, or it's a flashback to when the Mando was a kid. So uh, remind me again when Mandalorian is set, like re- in reference to other Star Wars movies? I keep forgetting. It's either six years after Revenge of the... Sorry, Return of the Jedi or A New Hope. Which okay. means it's either three or four years after Return of the Jedi or six years after Return of the Jedi. Now, we know nothing about this character. I think it's six years after Return of the Jedi. We know nothing about this character, so just humor me here. Wouldn't it be interesting if they did a couple of seasons of this show, and then the big twist at the end of the series was he turns out to be some person who's in The Force Awakens, who's like an old man in The Force Awakens or something? Like, like what What if the Mandalorian is Lore Santeca? No, that would be ridiculous. It wouldn't be ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. We don't know enough about either of these people yet. True. That would that would be, in my opinion, ridiculous. That would be making the galaxy way, way, way too small. They love to do that. Not in this kind of context. And you have to you have to admit it's exciting not, when 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 things come together. Yeah, but this is a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. This is not somebody who is like a forced monk. The, uh, mo- like the moral the morals are are they don't line up. But but just. Hypothetically, like if, if there was some kind of connection to to greater Star Wars, oh, I so th- that it wasn't just branching off in some completely you aimless know, other direction. Oh, I think there will be, but I have I am confident it will not be to the Skywalkers in any close way, shape, or form. Okay, uh, I am confident it will be to uh, established characters, arcs in Clone Wars, Rebels, or Filoni projects, or someone who is extremely external to the main plot line but part of the original trilogy well, there is a chance yeah there is a chance that it's boba fett's kid it's not sure. ridiculous to say because they're so fucking obsessed with um like the, that look and they're going for a lot of the same areas it's essentially just it's the same it's an analog it's the same fucking character it's right. just they didn't want to use boba fett again and they wanted to have a little bit more flexibility on things but apparently the pilot contains a big twist or spoiler Right. So maybe we do find out in the pilot who he is. Yeah, that's and true. So maybe it's not even going to be that long of a wait. I mean, maybe they don't show his face for a while. Um, or I don't know. Maybe it's got nothing to do with that, that this twist is. Okay, but... well, let's just go in the other direction then before we move off of it. Maybe Lore Santeca is in this show as a younger man. Oh, I would be cool with that. Yeah. I'd be totally cool with I got to know more about that guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it makes more sense. Uh, let's see, timeline-wise. Yeah, it makes more sense, way more sense in my opinion, and would be super fucking cool now that I think about it, to make him reasonably young and put him in the Obi-Wan series. True. That makes way more sense he for would someone be... who loves Force lore and could be like a safe haven. He'd be pretty young. He'd be like in his 20s then, I yeah, think, Yeah, right? it actually works kind of perfectly. Yeah. So I would be totally game for that. Uh, but I don't think, I, I think specifically this plot line 
is not gonna is is gonna do its absolute damnedest to go as far away from anything Skywalker as it can. Maybe you're right. Although use of carbonite in the trailer. Oh, had, that's right. In the Razor Crest, they have a carbon freezing chamber, which a is a lot really of it. Cool. Yeah, he had like five slabs in there, so it's yeah. gonna be for easy transportation of his bounties. Okay. Um, but no, overall phenomenally cool. Really exciting. And uh, there's really, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. The trailer didn't contain a whole lot of little tidbits. It just came out the same morning of our doing this recording, so. Yeah, and I mean, we have no idea on any of these characters, so it's just harder to speculate, too. That's okay, though. Yes, yeah. I love going in oh, blind. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because that way we're going to develop new things to speculate about and have new stones to, to unturn, which is cool. Talk about Dave and Dan. Let's talk with Dave and Dan. Yes. You called it less than a week ago. You I said did. It. I did. I said that shit was not happening and that shit is not happening. Now, I'd like to say very clearly, because this is another example of something people are uh, being like phenomenally toxic about on, on Reddit and message boards. You don't know what happened. No. Um, I saw somebody said on Reddit this morning that this is uh, that Kathleen Kennedy will be lucky to keep her job after having hired them. That now that they've That's been exposed, that this is the word exposed. Now that they've been exposed, Disney has to be more careful. They didn't like get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. No, you didn't like the way they wrapped up another series. Yeah, and and like. It, it seems like everybody has really condemned them as bad creators. And that's bullshit. That is. However, I will say, after comments they made at a Game of Thrones panel, I don't want them near fucking Star Wars. I don't either. I'm happy but, they're out. I am, but and, and part of it's not even their fault. I just don't want anything stinky around Star Wars. Mm. But, like, that people, th they're out because they tried to double dip in studios. That's exactly why they're out. That's why it's got nothing to do with because people didn't like Game of Thrones series finale. I think it has a lot to do with that in the sense that they can't handle it. Uh, okay. And they don't want Star Wars fans. I don't because know. They don't, no, they don't, they don't want to deal with Game of Thrones fans again. They know that they're going to be hated. And I think they very much signed the Netflix deal because they knew it would allow them to get fired. And I agree. Stay I, away. I agree, but what can't they handle they can't they don't want to they don't want to have to deal with the criticism which is valid or they can't handle following through on a great story because i don't no, think no, no, that's no, no. true the, the former okay yeah right. they, just, they can't handle the bullshit ryan johnson does not give a shit no you can like tell him his movie sucks and he'll chuckle whereas yeah. these guys it clearly it clearly got to them a bit yeah. but also we get to anybody yeah i do have to say these are some of the things that uh that were indicated at a Game of Thrones panel that they recently had. They forgot a handful of characters' names during the panel. Yo, okay. Which is really not a good Game thing. Game of Thrones characters. Yes. Oh, weird. Uh, they specifically said that they tried to remove as many fantasy elements as possible mm. to appeal to mothers and football players, i.e. people who don't like fantasy. What does that mean? Like Basically, they, were, they, 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 just, they liked that Game of Thrones had this uh, cross-demographic broad reach and they wanted to please everybody? Yeah, so they wanted to oh, remove yeah. the, the lore as much as possible. They also admit no attempt was made to understand all elements of the series because it was just too big. Uh, that's fucking terrifying. That's, a, all that's a terrible... Things. Yeah, that's not also, good. Also... Um, they had no idea. They completely admitted they had no idea what they were doing in the first season. Mm -hmm. uh, they would submit episodes, and HBO would be like, no, you can't just give us a half an hour episode. No. They're a specific length. Mm -hmm. And then they also realized that apparently two characters who interacted very frequently, because I didn't watch Game of Thrones, they noticed in the first season had no interactions. Oh, God. And so then they had to go back and film all of those. And then Dan finished everything up by saying... 
he doesn't really see the value in considering other people's opinions. <laughs> and thus, they don't have a writing team, they don't have a writer's room, and they don't respond to fan criticism. I mean, that's a very art- artistically integral philosophy, but if you're dealing with something that's already precious to people, mm-hmm. then that's going to be problematic for studios and, and for fans in general. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I watched Game of Thrones towards the end. I didn't watch it from the beginning. It kind of sounds to me, based on some of what they said... And it also sounds a little bit to me like they're just being um, contrary. Possibly. Um, but uh, it sounds to me a little bit like Game of Thrones was successful in spite of them being kind of messy. Yes. And that's makes it seem like they kind of didn't have their shit together and that they would have completely fucked up Star Wars. Okay. Well, that's a trilogy of Star Wars movies from D&D. That's that not going to happen. don't have to happen. Right. And that's fantastic in my opinion. It is good. I was on board with the initial notion because everybody loved Game of Thrones and I hadn't seen Game of Thrones and I loved the the kind of the epic nature and with all the characters and the fact that people were pleased in which the way they adapted that and intertwined it. But it sounds like they were successful in spite of that and everything that they've said here indicates that they would probably not be making any of the efforts that I would have wanted any Star Wars creator to make. Right. And especially, like it sounds it sounds exactly like Kevin. I'm convinced now Kevin Foggy was brought in to 100% replace them. Replace that whole project. Re- replace that project. And yep. he is likely um, doing a heavy treatment on a first movie and a universe and like a very vague treatment on a trilogy that could expand out into a couple other trilogies. That's my guess. They're getting him to build a new era. Whether Dave and Dan were going to do Old Republic or The First Jedi, my guess is now Kevin now has that new era. But imagine that meeting with Kathleen and 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 Bob Iger and like mm-hmm. where they have to be like, okay, well, we can't keep these two guys on. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to back up a Brinks truck to get the right replacement. Mm-hmm. And you know who it has to be. Like that sucks to have to make that realization. Well, I mean, I don't think it's really backing up a Brinks truck to Foggy. They gave him a promotion at Marvel and they've said, hey, do you also want to work on a project that you've been dying to work on ever since we bought yeah, Star he's, Wars? He's getting paid, to be clear. He's getting paid well. By oh, he is. But, <laughs> but the point is, like, he's getting paid well on everything he's doing. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, It's not like Star Wars, like, they were like, oh, shit, we got to pay a lot to Kevin Feige. They were like, well, we pay Kevin Feige a shit ton anyway. Let's, have, let's add another project to his plate. And he is the highest earning film producer in the history of cinema by a good chunk by a good chunk and you are naive if you think that's not of like in massive credit to people that that branch well beyond john favreau and stan lee yeah like this has to be shepherded by someone who's a good business artist absolutely and i think it's exciting i mentioned before the russo brothers have mentioned before that their star wars is their thing and same with Foggy. They've both mentioned that. Cool. That, that that's what... And same with Favreau. They all grew up on Star Wars, I think, more than even Marvel. Yep. Uh, and so the Russo brothers, I think, would be really cool people to uh, be tapped to do some directing for Star Wars. Uh, and it just seems like a good fit with the Foggy stuff. But I've also... I think anything to do with Favreau uh, and Filoni in, in the film world would also be kind of cool. And we'll see specifically if we like that in about two weeks. That's right. It's coming up. Yep. Okay, those are big ones. Those are big ones. Uh, Everything else is Rise of Skywalker uh, adjacent or related. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to start off by saying the look of Palpatine. He, uh, there's an Alamo, uh, Alamo draft house. They have a cup. And so they, he's on it looking like normal Palpatine. It's clearly drawn from a battlefront drawing. Oh, interesting. But then again, they also used to, like an action figure for the fucking poster. This is like a promotional Coca-Cola cup they're giving out of the movie theater? Uh, no, Alamo Draft House. But yeah, exactly. Alamo Draft House is a movie theater. 
Oh, is that a movie theater? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that. I just, yeah. that makes a lot it's more sense. It's a theater chain in the States. Then yes. Yeah. They have a, a, a cup that has Palpatine's face on it. Okay. Uh, but it's it's our, our standard Palpatine that we know and love. Okay, great. And so that's fine. I, I think because we've seen that on the poster and this like this, but I think it's pretty much a guarantee we will get that form in some way, shape or form. However, it seems odd that we're getting this indirectly, yeah. which also makes me think that we will potentially see multiple forms of Palpatine in this movie. Sure. And not just, like, maybe it's young Palpatine and old Palpatine, old Palpatine and, like, monster Palpatine, like, ghosty Palpatine and, like, back-to-life Palpatine. Like, who knows? But I think we're going to get multiple forms because they're keeping it kind of secret, but then they keep using fucking action figures and, like, drawings and, like, yeah. nothing new. And it's it seems odd. I can't get over the fact that they used an action figure on the poster for yeah. Rise of Skywalker. That's, a legit teaser poster. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. But these are also kind of cartoonish slightly, so it works better on this one for sure. And right. also it's Battlefront 2, which is, I mean, fuck, the picture of Palpatine that they adapted it from. It looks just like him because yep. of the video games graphics these days. Right. That's true. Another thing. The Kylo Ren comics that are coming out around uh, Christmas. There's going to be two that are Knights of Ren um, comics coming out before Christmas, uh, before the movie, and then two that come out after the movie. Okay. Uh, the cover. I, I don't know if you've seen the cover. Uh, of this comic came out and I'll, I'll show it to you because we need to talk about it and it's the most information we've had about the Knights of Ren ever. Okay. This cover gives us more information than we've ever had. Okay. Oh wow, that's a beautiful image. So in that image we see all of the Knights of Ren and what looks like their former leader with a red lightsaber. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. He has a lightsaber. And he's, he's, he's faceless. He's wearing some kind of helmet. And it's young Kylo Ren, and all of the Knights of Ren are Knights of Ren. So that confirms what I said last week, how there's a greater chance now that they're the acolytes of the beyond than Luke's other students. This confirms they're not Luke's other students. They are surrounding Ben Solo, young Ben Solo with a blue lightsaber, and Luke Skywalker with, with his green, green uh, ignited. So they have crossed paths. The Knight of, Knights of Ren... Uh, and their old leader have crossed paths with Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker in the past. Okay. So they've been around a while, which I guess we also knew. Yep. Who is that leader? Is that Snoke? He's tall like Snoke. Oh, true. Yeah. He has a mask that has uh, markings on it. The markings okay. look very similar to the markings of the Dwarty, which okay. is on Snoke's gold ring. Right. And is on Palpatine's statues that he got from Plagueis. Uh, so there's definitely some linkage there. So you think Snoke is the original leader of the Knights of Ren? I think there's a very strong possibility. Okay. Uh, and maybe this is the fight that Luke fucks him up, and that's the reason why he looks so great, like, oh, yeah, messed Luke. up. Okay. Uh, it definitely fits him being so overarching and towering. But then again, could be a totally different character. Could be a character that Kylo killed to take the mantle of Knights of Ren and was like planted there specifically by Palpatine as well. Uh, but it's interesting to see a red lightsaber being wielded there. That's uh, it, it, it has a lot to speculation that you can get from that. And it's more examples of someone using a red lightsaber without necessarily being a Sith Lord. Yeah, which has happened, though. I mean, sure. Asajj Ventress uh, and, 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 wasn't a Sith, and Maul is no longer a Sith, but continued to use a red lightsaber. Kylo Ren is not a Sith. It's Kylo Ren. And um, we are led to believe that Snoke uses the Force. So oh, he, he uses the Force in this movie. He right. uses lightning. Right. Um, and well, and he trained Kylo Ren. Yeah, and he lifts people up and, and throws them around. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, Snoke, when it comes to lightsabers, for some reason, a lot of people always assumed he had a white lightsaber. 
Oh, that's weird. I don't know, but it was just a lot of people assume, like, I guess people didn't assume, I should say, depictions and assumptions. People always, because he's not a Sith. Like, what the fuck is he? He's kind of like weird, like. Right, but white is so synonymous with purity and goodness, and that's not snow. No, it's not, but it's, he also had the blue eyes, so people were theorizing. I, I definitely don't agree with it, because the only white sabers that we have in canon are Ahsoka's, and Ahsoka is, he, she bled them back from being red, so it doesn't really work. Okay. Um, but, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. If it is Snoke, uh, then we're going to learn a hell of a lot more, and it's going to make a lot of sense, that yep. it's just all part of the same faction, and that he was the leader of the Knights of Ren, and he was probably tapped there by Palpatine. Right. It was all set up in that way. So it makes sense. What else do we have? So uh, Dominic Monhan, his character, uh, the name was released through a comic panel. Uh, his character's name is Beaumont. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Seems like a good fitting name. Um, we also know that the Death Star 2 did not crash on Endor. Right. So it is not the forest moon of Endor that they're on where the Death Stars crashed. It is Keth Burr, which is an oceanic terrestrial body. I don't know whether it's a moon or a planet. Uh, if it's a moon, it very well could be the ocean moon of Endor. Right. And it just has a specific name. And maybe the forest moon of Endor will have a specific name as well that we'll learn that is like in Ewokese, yeah. uh, which would like make sense. Like it's, maybe it's called like a Jub-Jub, the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> the only reason this unsettles me is because I really want... The I wanted it, yeah. I want to return to a f not just Tatooine. I'd like to go back to a few planets we know and love because it's so weird we haven't yet. Yeah, it is really weird. I definitely agree. And I, I, it seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah. And now it also is like, okay, that's not Endor. Also, where the hell is Rey at the start now? It always seemed a little too tropical to be Endor. So now I definitely don't think it's Endor. Right. Uh, it makes it makes me think more that it's Batu, like I thought potentially it could have been. Um, but then again, what time in the movie is it taking place? We also find out that Janna is from Kefbar. Okay. But it looks like the Orbox are still native to Pasana. So... It, it 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 confuses things. Uh, but this piece of information really confuses me as to how the plot goes down, which is great. I mean, it, it makes me more confused as to how the story is going to go. And so, I mean, there's no downsides in that. You're right. Um, other than then I'll just have some more surprises. Yeah. Um, someone also mentioned on Reddit that the Finn voiceover, because uh, he's explaining the Force, that maybe he's explaining it to Janna. And if he if he they're indeed siblings, it would make sense. Sure. And when it comes to the sibling side of things, finding a lot of long sibling, finding somebody who has the force, there is the other. Finn, Although, could, Finn could be all of these other sides of the prophecy with his finding his family. Right. Finn would have to learn a lot about the force in the meantime, though, because where we are with Finn, and I know a little time has passed, mm. that's not how the force works. He has no idea. Oh, that's the whole point, though. He does now. Yeah. No, he's I, explaining. And, I, that. and that's fine. Yeah. But he's not going to be capable with it in any way, shape or form. No. At all. Uh, I certainly don't think so. Unless he is, because we have talked about how it's possible he's Force-sensitive, too. Yeah, no, but I don't think, like, we're not going to see that. He's not going to be proficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he, he may show a sign of it, but no, not much more than Leia did at the end of Empire, I don't think. True. Maybe maybe a little bit more, but not much more, I don't think. Other than that, uh, really, the only thing that there is to say is that leaks are plaguing the internet. Yeah. And so... Uh, no spoiler warning here because there's no spoilers coming. You're not going to say anything that not, people do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it. I was, uh, along with a lot of other people, and they're available on the internet because enough people, it was available, it was it was there long enough that enough people were able to take screenshots to see it, but there were two images leaked. One was one that uh, 
I had heard about a long time back. I hadn't really talked about it on the show, but I had previously talked about something I thought we would see, and it ended up pretty much being that. Yeah. And so when I had heard that they had leaked a shot, I clicked it just to see, okay, is this the, is this the shot that they had described? Is this what I kind of envisioned it to be like? Uh, but the person didn't specify that there were two shots that I was clicking on. Right. And so I saw two leaked shots, one of them being exactly what I kind of visualized and the other being something that made complete sense and I kind of expected, but... If either of these shots were the final shot of the trailer, they'd be the only thing people could talk about. Are they third-party camera shots, like somebody sitting in like a screening they, room? They seem to be. Okay. They really seem to be. Uh, I will say one of them, this is not a spoiler, uh, it looks like the shot was taken during a lightning flash. Okay. The coloration is extremely bright. Okay. And so it makes it look a little less realistic, but that's why it, I think it's a lightning flash. Now... I realized because I was listening to the Rule of Two podcast and they were chatting about this in a very in a very kind of similar way and they mentioned something that got me really excited because I hadn't thought about it and that maybe these were intentionally leaked and are not at all from the movie and Which, are completely digitally edited or are something that were cut intentionally or were filmed purely just to fuck with us because... It's not unprecedented. JJ's done it before with yeah. Star Trek and Disney's done it before with Infinity War and Endgame as well, I think. Okay. Uh, so it's completely, completely, there's precedent for it. And Because speculation Wars, is so rampant now. This is how they, this is how they get Wars around more, it. Star Wars more than anything. Absolutely. And so the fact that they did that kind of subversion on those other ones, it's giving me enough hope that I have, I don't know for sure that that's the way things will go. And so... That's exciting because now it hasn't kind of spoiled things too much for me. Because I'm going to, like, generally the the leakest verse out there, I mean, certain leaks and things like that you're okay with. And I always do a very, um, I do my best to be very safe on what I'm clicking on. So I'm not, I'm not really having anything ruined. Right. Uh, but there were some, like, like the dagger. I heard, heard about the dagger. Um, that was the kind of thing that was correct, we seem now. Yeah. I, I don't really know if there's anything else about the dagger out there, although people are speculating the Mortis thing now. So... I assume there's nothing that contradicts that. You were ahead of the game on that. Thank you, sir. But the the accuracy of that worries me about potential accuracy of other leaks. And so right. it's just kind of best at this point to stay away from anything that that could be a leak because just, I think there's a higher chance that it's an, an actual leak as opposed to just a fun rumor. Right. Uh, but click, at the click end, around carefully. Exactly. But at the end of the day, the only thing that I saw that could have been a spoiler for The Last Jedi uh, was that I was expecting the Knights of Ren and Kylo Ren to invade Octu. Okay. A lot of us were. Yeah. Because it was a, a very highly circled thing. There are a couple other um, leaks that I have heard as well that are really circling around the internet. Uh, nothing visual, but potential plot points. Uh, some I believe, some I don't. Um, and so that's good in that regard and that there's still some ambiguity, but avoid them as much as you can because there's probably going to be some that will be accurate. Uh, but the the prominent ones for The Last Jedi weren't. So there's definitely, definitely hope that um, we're going to get something very, very different. Now, I feel like the first reaction people are going to have when they hear that there have been leaks, other than how shitty that is, is that this is one of the most uh, secretively protected movies of the year, mm -hmm. if not the most. It doesn't come out for two months. How how exclusive is the audience of this film thus far? Mm. And, and how is it possible that, that somebody in that inner circle could be so stupid and cruel? Well, there are also rumors that they've been testing a lot of different versions and that 
it doesn't necessarily change the overall plot, but they've changed different variations of the ending and they've reshot a couple scenes. And so they're, they're still kind of working on what the actual kind of end product will look like in certain right. capacities. So they do need to test that. And so if they're doing screeners to test how well the movie does and they have a couple variations, then the more variations they have, the more audiences they need, the more likely that they're going to have somebody who could be a leaker in the pool who could then pass it along through a couple sources to be able to filter themselves out. What are they getting from this, I don't though? know what they get from What's, it at all. What the hell's in it for you other than to feel powerful? It's annoying. It's dumb as shit. Yeah. Because I, I, uh, I forget what the tweet was that I uh, I had that spoiled it, but it was just something like, I'm curious to know, Like, I, I assume that's not the individual, but why the fuck did you post that? Why, right. why ruin it? Hey, my, uh, you had mentioned that my Rose of Skywalker theory is catching on? Yes, I did see someone on Reddit uh, <laughs> did the poster with Rose's head on everybody. Nice. And so we uh, we know who the titular character really is now. That's right. She's the true hero, our last hope. There That's is another. Right. And actually, uh, <laughs> Paige Tico is going to rise from the dead. Naturally. Uh, and be a force ghost. Love it. And uh, is going to come save the day. I can't wait. Exactly. Can't wait for that episode. She's going to kill Palpatine. Episode 10. That's right. <laughs> it's always how it was going to go. Yeah, of course. Uh, is that everything for, for news? Uh, yeah, that's everything in the news. Uh, okay. For birthday wishes. Um, uh, okay, just one. Uh, next Wednesday, November 6th, a happy birthday to Tandy Newton. Oh, okay, nice. From Solo. Forgot to cast one. Uh, I'm not sure if I've done one or two of these actors before in this we segment. I have done that many. I know, I wanted to do this pairing because I think it's a good conversation, but you might be like, oh, we've already done this. So this might be a really short segment today. Okay. Uh, movie that uh, just came out in wide release last Friday and was in fact filmed in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, not far from where we are, <laughs> oh, cool. uh, is The Lighthouse. You've got to cast one in Star Wars. Is it going to be Robert Pattinson or Willem Dafoe? Have we done Robert Pattinson before? To be honest, I have no idea if we've done this exact pairing before. We may have. I don't. But now part of me thinks we haven't, but... Something feels like we have. I, I, that's fair. Robert Pattinson feels familiar. I think we've Actually, done that Willem before. Actually, Willem Dafoe seems more familiar to me than Robert Pattinson. All right. Well, let's let's well, let's hash it, it out again. Let's hash it out again. <laughs> um, either. Yeah, that is the correct answer. Yeah, either. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe. I don't know. Make him anything you fucking want. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Uh, don't make him a droid. Uh, if you're going to make him an alien, make him one that's performance capture and not just um, like motion just capture or, yeah. or, or voiceover, one where you are able to see the best of him. But I think he's somebody who's best served uh, using his full presence. Yeah. And uh, he's definitely an evil looking son of a bitch. Obviously. He always can pull that off. He kind of. There's a lot of things that he could be. Yeah. I... I don't really see him as being an overly good guy. Right. I don't think he can really, I don't think he's going to be a hero in any way, shape or form. Not likely. Um, but he could be a good crime boss. He could have been a good Dryden boss. Oh yeah. Uh, that definitely could have worked. Uh, somebody, he could, he could definitely be a Sith or a corrupt politician. Um, somebody, maybe a Werner Herzog in the sense of somebody of high, stature in the bounty hunting community yeah uh and then robert pattinson can be damn near anything as well i mean i, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't put him as uh, as a droid or or an alien and uh, you got to kind of try and have some character with some sort of depth there but 
Yeah, because, I mean, he's already doing, like, the big franchise movie. Yeah. He's, he's playing Batman, and I feel like this is the actor who doesn't want to do a whole lot, a lot of that. He's, he's never going to be in a Star no, Wars movie. No, It's never going to happen. Willem um, Dafoe was in Aquaman, so it's not outside the realm there. And he was also in Spider-Man. Obviously so. Spider-Man. I, I would never ever... I would, I would pick him. I would never replace Adam Driver, obviously. No. But once upon a time before I knew Adam Driver existed, in a world where I also was... Um, uh, informed enough to know that Robert Pattinson is way better than the Twilight franchise. Yep. He would have been okay casting for Kylo Ren. Yeah, he would have been. Except for that, then there would be this unforgettable sexual tension between he and Ray, and it would feel too much like Twilight. That's a good point. Yep. Um, but just in terms of the text and the performative capability, he could play that brooding young uh, Jedi gone bad. Yep, he definitely could play the brooding Jedi gone bad. Uh, he could play somebody who is... Uh, Obi-Wan-like in the sense of two by the book uh, and maybe an old school like almost like Captain America sort of Mace Windu-ish Jedi who's too much by the by the book and he could also maybe be um, he could definitely pull off that kind of imperial officer look no that's true that would be definitely interesting maybe someone like uh, like Hux but not as much of a joke yeah Hux who actually you respect yeah yeah I could definitely see that young Tarkin Uh, yeah absolutely oh that'd be interesting that'd be cool he could, he could maybe pull something like that off. Wouldn't yeah. be outside the realm. Uh, but Willem Dafoe is who I'd pick. And uh, I'd pick him to be a human. And I'd pick him to not be Force-sensitive, but I'd pick him to be a villain. I don't know exactly where you would do that, but um, give me DJ without uh, a stutter, maybe. And Willem Dafoe <laughs> can do that role. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, he'd do it better, probably. Well, I mean, Dicio long- del Toro is a great actor, but it's just everything about it doesn't fit. We just lift DJ out of the movie. As long as we're making edits, let's just take him out of There's it. There's a handful we can make around that stuff, if that's what we're doing. That's for sure. Okay, who would you rather cast in Star Wars? Is it Robert Pattinson or Willem Dafoe? You can let us know. Any other uh, ideas you might have uh, about this 20 or any other 20? Of course, the trailers for both uh, Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian, if you have thoughts on Star Wars in general. Tweet us at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.